This is, in the church calendar, Good Shepherd Sunday. In everybody else's calendar, it's Happy Mother's Day. Well, at least Mother's Day, at least. So earlier this week, I reached out, and you're not going to see me on my phone in a sermon very often, and no, I don't have a lot of notes on here at all. Uh, But what I wanted to share with you was some advice. Because I reached out to the church, and I asked people, what is it? No, I'm not going to name names. What is it that your mom has said through life, or what is it that you have said as a mom? And I know some of you may have got to see some of these, and some of you haven't. So I'm not going to share all of them, but there are a few, I think, that need to be shared. Um, One of my favorites right off the bat, I'm the mom, that's why. (laughs) It's a great one. This one, this one also caught my ear because I had never heard it before. Your friends will get glad in the same clothes they get mad. Huh. That's all of you nod your heads. Okay. Uh, take care of what God has given to you. Oh, I liked this one too. Good morning. Did someone forget to visit their toothbrush? <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, this one I think I've said. Fight nice, children. Maybe Michelle has said it as well. Um, Let's see. God never created you to be a doormat. That's a good one. Along the same lines as the first one, because I said so. That was actually one of the favorite responses of some some of our seminary profs when people would ask, why did God do this? And they would say, because he's God. And that's where it would stop, because because God said so. (laughs) That was the way. So a very godly thing you mothers have said when you say, because I say so. Um, What? Uh, Don't make me stop this car. Okay, I've done that one. Um, (laughs) I'm blessed because God entrusted me to be your mom. Isn't that sweet? It's a very sweet side of things, isn't it? This one I did not understand, and I pray somebody can help me, or maybe it was just a typo or autocorrect. Don't make fun of the butter, dear. You may be old yourself someday. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I, don't, I don't know what that one means, and I pray that I uh, hear some explanation on that one because then I may start to use it. I like food, and that may just be a fun one. What I started to think about with this was something that I had heard in my household, though I never knew Jesus had said it. It's better to give than to receive. I usually heard it around Mother's Day. I usually heard it around a birthday. I usually heard it around Christmas. And I had heard those words in my household, um, but I never knew that they were actually Jesus's words. My household at that time uh, sometimes went to church and whatnot, but there wasn't a lot of in-depth scripture reading or anything going on, but it's a phrase that has carried on from the time that Jesus said it all the way through into households that may not always hear Christ's words. It's better to give than to receive. Now, we don't hear that recorded from Jesus's lips in the four gospels, but we hear it from Paul in the book of Acts, which Luke is writing. So we hear it in a somewhat disconnected way But nonetheless, Paul asserts that this is something Jesus said. It's better to give than to receive. So let's think for a second where Paul's at. So Paul is on his journey, right? Acts is the history of the early church. Luke is a historian writing, and he's writing about Paul's missionary journeys to the Gentiles. He's writing about the councils that are going on in Jerusalem. And in this particular sense, Paul is on a journey from Rome and the continent up there, 
on his way back to Jerusalem. Okay? A couple of years earlier, about three, he had started a church in Ephesus. Now, as he's on this journey, they make a stop along the way, and he calls all the leaders from Ephesus to this town because he doesn't really want to take time out into the journey to go into the church in Ephesus of where that's going on. So he kind of gives a shout out to all the leaders ahead of time, and he says, hey, I'm going to be in Miletus. How about you guys meet me over there, and we're going to have a little chat before I go on my way to Jerusalem, okay? Just so you know what Paul's been doing, about three or four days earlier in this journey, he had been preaching in a particular setting, talking to some other leaders. He was supposed to preach till midnight, and then they took a little break, and he kept preaching until morning. That's a long time. He had started in the early evening at some point, and now he's gone till morning all night long. During that second portion, there's a guy named Eutychus who is sitting up in a window, a young man by name. So young men in the crowd, don't take this as an example. He fell asleep during Paul's sermon and fell out of a window and hit the ground. And they were all very worried because Eutychus had laid there dead. But Paul went over and prayed over him and was there with him and raised him back to life. It's a resurrection after Christ's resurrection. Pretty cool. I don't know that I'd be able to make that happen for anybody that falls asleep without maybe pouring water on your face or something, but that's about it. I could probably wake you from sleep. The rest of it, that's in God's hands. But Paul's on this journey, okay? So Paul has now made his way. He's on this trip. He is now in Miletus. He's talking to the leaders of Ephesus, and I couldn't help but hear a mom's words echoed throughout this entire sermon that Paul preaches to the people at Ephesus, as he's talking to the leaders of the church at Ephesus, as he says, I have raised you up. I have spent time with you. I have poured everything that I have into your life. I've given you all that I have. I've asked nothing of you. I've worked on my own to provide for you, and I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out because I'm not going to be with you anymore. And if you were listening closely in that Acts reading, you heard him say, you're not going to see my face before you anymore. It's time to grow up. It's time to be on your own. It's time to stand on your own as you face life and watch out. Because there's people among you who are going to strip you away from the flock. They're going to strip you away from what God has given you through my words. So he starts to tell them to watch out for the wolves that are going to separate the flock. Starts to tell them to be aware of the things that are going to separate them from the God-given word that was given to him that he gave to them to receive. And I couldn't help but start to think about how we strip ourselves away from God's word. I mean, just think of it. In that same phrase that I heard in my house all the time with it's better to give than to receive, I had no idea those were Christ's words. Those were words taken from Christ's mouth, accepted by other people and taken as their own, and then spread about and said with no connection to Jesus. But how many times do we take our life and strip it away from God's word? where God promises to be, to give life, to give grace, to give mercy, and we say, I'm going to find a different way. I'm going to find my own way. I'm going to find somebody else's way. The whole time echoing back in our ears is Jesus' other words, right? I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. So it's hard as I watch within family. It's hard as I watch within friends and within the world as we hear this beautiful, gracious Word of God shared through leaders and teachers throughout time and we watch as loved ones separate themselves from God's Word. And you can hear it echoing in Paul's words as he talks to those leaders of Ephesus. And he's warning them. The one line I love of his, though, he says, I've done everything for you and given you everything I possibly can, so I'm not guilty of your blood at all. I've given you everything God has given me to give you. And it reminded me a little bit of uh, some other words of my mom's. You see, she had given tremendously throughout life. And I had finished college and came back with a bachelor's degree and had no idea what to do with it necessarily. And so I was at home and she finally just looked at me and she said, pick a direction. And the reason that connects is because there was another event that happened at that same time. She was renting a house and I had come home and she said, pick a direction, figure out what you're going to do. I don't care what it is, but pick a direction because I'm moving out. And I said, what? (laughs) She was renting a house where I was living with her and my little brother, and she had bought a house. And this is a wonderful opportunity for her. She bought a house, and I said, great, how many bedrooms? And she said, three bedrooms. And I said, that's beautiful. There's a bedroom for mom and a bedroom for little brother and a bedroom for me. And she said, no, 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 no. There's a bedroom for mom and a bedroom for little brother and a guest bedroom. (laughs) Well... That means I don't have a place over there. She said, that's right. It's time for you to be out on your own. It's time to go. You're 22 years old now. (laughs) It's time to be up and, and on your own. I've given you everything I could possibly give you, and I wash my hands of all of that, and now I'm going to live my own life over here, and you're going to have to figure out what direction you're going with things over here, but beware. Beware, because there are many that will try to take you away from everything that I've taught you. See, because Paul was reminding them, I've taught you everything that has been given to me. So what was given to him? Well, God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's own son. As Paul says in his words, you were claimed by the blood that God gave of his own. That's a crazy thing to think about when you think of a deity that was all God and all man giving blood to have you as his family, to claim you as his child, to forgive you of all of your sins so that as you go each day, you walk in the forgiveness that God has poured out over you through the blood of Jesus and his death and his life and his sacrifice for you. So Paul reminds them of that once Again, it says, whatever goes on each day, remember that. Remember that God himself gave his blood for you. And then you hear those words again. It's better to give than to receive. There's something else I was reading this morning. is from a different text, but it was Martin Luther writing on something from Second Peter. And I loved it because in a very short few sentences, he used the word give maybe five, six times. 
See, he was talking about how God had suffered and given everything to give to you so that you could then take it and give it to somebody else as that person is called to also give to you. See, there's so many times we want to take a gift and hold on to it. We want to take a gift and receive it and then just say, this is mine. Christ could have done that, I guess, but he didn't. Remember at Easter, he rose from the dead and he didn't just say, thank you, God, for raising me from the dead. Take me back to your right hand so that I can be your son again. He walked in amongst closed doors. He walked in amongst locked doors and closed windows and breathed on his disciples and gave them the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, another portion of God to say, here, this is yours to guide you each day, to lead you each day, so that you know that I am with you each day, given to you as a free gift. Go and give that gift. And so we hear Paul's words, it's better to give than to receive. And we see it in Paul's actions as he reminds the folks at Ephesus of all that he gave for them to raise them up in the faith, praying that they would not depart from it, but remember what was given to them as he points them to all that God has given to them and to you through Jesus. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your beautiful, gracious gift of life forgiveness, mercy, and grace that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that each day you would open our eyes to that gracious gift, knowing that it would never run out, and you call us to give it to all those that you bring into our lives. Open our hearts to be generous with that gift. Open our hearts to have open hands to receive what you give, only to give it away as you would. Through your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.